1: Go to Bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at Bluenile.com for $50 off. Bluenile.com code LISTEN.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leaf Davis esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery.
3: you accept an Ipswich Town defeat on Saturday if it meant England beat France in the quarterfinals on Saturday night Ooh. and straight away I was like no I'd never bet against Ipswich blah 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 but then I thought for a little bit oh I don't know maybe I might what's your right. view on that you're shaking your right. head well, Give me. your.
4: Give me the headset right away you're out. <laughs> disloyal <laughs> Zach said Brown for being Disloyal Desire. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available each week on YouTube video and podcast audio and as always to go through all of the opposition intel, good buddy Seb Brown, how are you mate? Is your Christmas tree up yet? Your uh, Christmas plans were afoot foot on the flagship.
3: It was, yeah. It was It was the Christmas markets where, where else can you spend 25 quid on two sausage baps and a cup of coffee, eh? Nice. Uh, stuff Even stuff up like north. that. Wow. Sorry. Even up north, too? Even up north, too. Well, it's Chester, isn't it? It's, it's kind of, you know, posh north. Uh, but yeah, no, that was done. And then it came back and there was, there was a Christmas film and there was Christmas music and the tree is up and, yeah, getting into the, the festive spirit now. And it's turned, yeah. I don't know what it's like down there. Up here, it is absolutely freezing. It was minus three this morning when I went out to my car. I presume it's the same down there, is it?
4: Yeah, it is, yeah. And um, uh, Dan Connors from our Telegram group was checking in with the club, uh, the groundsman, um, about the pitch, and they seem confident, as you would. I think the cover's been on since Wednesday, they were saying. Um, not big fans of the midday kickoff or the tw- 12.30 kickoff, is it? Yeah, 12.30. Um, but we should be fine. So, um, But yeah, it's freezing freaking cold, and... Yeah, and it costs an arm and a leg to heat the house as well. So working from home for me is very expensive right now. I feel like I should just go to the office to, so someone else can heat me. So <laughs> anyway, there we go. More, more, moving on from um, from those matters and, and weather and what, what not, um, we caught up with Kieran Stanley from ITFC Women ahead of their um, third round cup match at the weekend against Portishead Head Ladies. Um, so let's chat to Kieran. And welcome back to the pods. Uh, ITC media officer and um good friend of a loyal Blue Monday listener who's going to be super disappointed that you're here, Kieran, your mate, um, Connor. Um, welcome back. How you doing, mate?
0: Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Yeah, it's been a, quite a while since I've been on yes. the show. Um, Connor will
4: be pleased about that, won't he? Tell yeah, us. I know,
0: yeah, he, he loves seeing my face pop up on these <laughs> podcasts. Um but yeah, um, just, just for a little bit of context, obviously a good friend of mine who uh, is an avid watcher slash listener of Blue Monday, oh, bless um, him. lived in Shanghai for a while, now lives in Brisbane in Australia. Oh, with, the Australian contingent. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah um, now lives in Brisbane with his fiance Brooke. And um, he recently came back over to the UK to visit and he said to me, he goes, you know what i'm sick of your face popping up when i'm enjoying blue monday so this one's for you mate <laughs> well this is gonna be like half an hour 40 minutes worth of chat with us isn't it so get
4: no strap in connor no don't that's the case we'll power through but no it's, it's yeah it's been a while when we usually chat quite routinely so there's a bit of revision and catching up for us to do when we were um when we last chat i, th- I think it, we'd just got through a bit of a troublesome start to the season, but but since then, the the two early defeats, the win against Billerickie has kind of been. I'm not gonna say plain sailing, but we're unbeaten in the league, aren't we? And and all those injuries that we had at the start of the season are starting to starting to sort themselves out. Give
0: us a bit of a recap. Yeah, so obviously we had a a difficult start to the season with with back to back defeats and and seemed like every player was was in the medical room. Um, but ever since that. Villa-Ricky game that you mentioned on a Wednesday night, a, a real catalyst for the turnaround. You know, we won 1-0 there and we've been unbeaten in the league ever since. We've got a strong point away at Watford. We've, we've beaten every other team we've faced so far since then uh, and, and pair that with with a strong run in the FA Cup, which has, you know, become pretty much a formality for us in recent years. Um, we're in a much better place. And I, and I think also having players returning from injuries and, and some of which have been significant, has been a real boost to the squad and now Joe's not pulling his hair out every week wondering how he's going to name a squad. So we're in a good place at the moment. Things have have really turned round and we're sitting in fourth in the league with some games in hand and mm. you know we're still well and truly in the race. And if we can continue this good run of form and and take some more points off the teams above us, then um who knows it could be it could be another really good promotion push.
4: We're obviously huge fans of Lucy O'Brien. Great to see her getting back to fitness. Goals last time out in the FA Cup first round against London Seawards and set us off really nicely. That second goal was quality, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, for those that don't know, you and I were stood next to each other for that, and we both went "ooh" like that, didn't we? When it Messi. went messy, messy. It, it was just just <laughs> so cultured, wasn't it? The finish, just unbelievable. Um, and and we know we all know what a great player Lucy is, and um, to see her back to her best after you know a lingering knee injury is is fantastic. And I'm I'm sure she's going to have a lot more. Days like that to come because we saw that last year. It seemed like around the festive period and going into the new year, it was the Lucy O'Brien show. So we know that she can single-handedly take over games, and and that was the first of a uh, of many. We hope where she'll she'll have those big performances.
4: Yeah, fingers crossed. And yeah, London Seaward Division One um, opposition in the in the first round, and then uh, is it? Have I missed a round out? We, is it second round or third round that we've got against Portishead?
0: Uh, third round. So we third beat round. Louis Luton, Luton, of course.
4: Yeah. yeah. So second round for Seaward and and yeah d- and said similarly from the, that same tier as well, though from the southwestern division and um, their first time at third round level. But uh, you know we want to pay respect to the opposition, but it's it's the opposite. It's the type of opposition they'd like to get in a home match and is a good opportunity for us to get into the fourth round yet again, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've I've read up on on kind of the the vibe from Portishead's way, and and they're they're looking at this as quite possibly the biggest game they've ever played. You know, they're they're away from home against. Uh, I think they referenced us as a championship chasing tier three powerhouse or something like that. <laughs> it's like you um, wrote that. <laughs> so like, yeah, 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 could do. Um, <laughs> no, like something like that along those lines, and you know, I think. They'll be well up for it. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's a massive game for them. The first time they've ever been in in the third round, and, and they'll know what we did last year with the quarterfinals live on TV. There's a good chance that quite a few of their team probably watched that game. Um, I also noticed that they didn't. They they also said that they didn't know an awful lot about our style of play and our key players and the dangers and the threats that we carry. So you know that might be a bit of a <laughs> a bit of a um, baptism by fire on Sunday if they haven't done too much um, uh, looking into us but um, it is the kind of game with all due respect to them that we should be winning that I think they're sat eighth in the in the southwest league which also with all due respect to teams in that division the southeast is stronger um, so I- I'm incredibly confident that we're going to get the job done this weekend and that's not to sound cocky or anything like that uh, I just I have confidence in the girls that we'll will you know not get complacent and We'll, we'll get the job done just as we did against London Seawood. You know, we didn't get carried away in that game. Seawood gave us a good go, but we just yeah. ultimately had too much. And that's kind of how I see this weekend's game going. I think, you know, they'll, they'll give everything they've possibly got. They won't want to, they certainly will. I don't think they'll disgrace themselves and, you know, that they'll throw everything they possibly got at us to try and get through to the fourth round. And they'll want to cause an upset. And we've just got to make sure that we rise to the occasion. Don't become complacent. Don't get too arrogant. And, and just make sure that we play as well as we can and, and get through to the fourth round.
4: Yep. Worth noting that they, I don't think they've had quite a lot of cup games of late as well. So I think they've won their last few games prior to defeat this weekend. That's just been against QPR in the, in the FA women's national league. Um, sh- um, what's it called? Plate, isn't it? Yeah. That's... Um, and then some cup wins prior to that, but the league forms have been a bit up and down, as you say, their eighth place at the moment. So yeah, one where, you know, we need to be looking to impose our our style of play and that attacking quality that we talked about hopefully is enough to to see us through the next round where potentially WSL opponents await.
0: Yeah, that's obviously, uh, you know, something that could happen. Uh, WSL clubs come in at the fourth round stage and that's when the competition starts to get really interesting. But I guess for us, as as much as, you know, we've, we've had the great opportunity and experience to play against West Ham and Man City in the last couple of years, we kind of like, especially with the prize money going up this year, we were kind of like, well, we're not really fussed. Do we get this, give us a decent path through to the quarterfinals or whatever it is again. Um, but no, like, you know, we'll, we'll play anyone. Um, obviously when the draw happens, you sit there and you think, Oh, that would be good. Or that would be good. But um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take whatever, whatever comes, but it, it starts with beating Porter's head first and foremost this weekend. Um, I'm confident we can do that. And then we'll see who we get the following Monday in the fourth round. And if it is a giant, then bring, you know, it on. bring it on. If it isn't, then hopefully we can progress into the fifth round and and see where this where this cup run takes us,
4: yeah, as you said it's a it's a tournament that's been very generous to us in, in the past, so it' be exciting to um to progress as, as far if not further this time around, who knows I mean,
0: yeah, i mean if we can get to a semi final and be one game from Wembley, then you know that Simon. would be that be absolutely amazing um yeah. you know I think last year they were we were trying to not to get too carried away because we knew the enormity of the task ahead of us. Once we got to the last eight, but Joe was talking about what colour suit he would wear at Wembley, <laughs> what route we would take into the ground, and how many fans would come. And I was like, "Come on, mate, just calm down." But you know, <laughs> plan for success. At the end of the day, you can dream. It's it's, yeah. it's it's great to dream about those days, and and hopefully one day we all can be at Wembley for a cup final. It's that'd be fantastic. Yeah, indeed.
4: Talking of um, well, we didn't have talked about getting uh, of anything of, the, of this nature, but I thought I'd chuck it in. Um, the football club now has its own official supporters club now, in kind of alignment with the men's team. Um, obviously there are still supporters groups out there, but this is one that's um that's got the affiliation through to the club from more of a kind of a representation and from a kind of an organizational standpoint, it makes, makes sense to duplicate what the men's team have. And it's a good opportunity for people to get involved in lobbying for, you know, good treatment for supporters home and away, but initiatives to drive more attendance at the ground. You want to talk to us a little bit about ITFC WOSC?
0: Yeah so it's something that we felt we needed after building up a, a really good and loyal fan base over the last few years as you mentioned we've got a couple of other unofficial supporters groups that have done some great work for us over the years but we felt now was the right time to really get something in place that can be aligned fully with the football club and the core values of the football club um can have a, a you know a proper constitution a proper committee um, with, with what you said, Rich, and driving initiatives and, and working alongside the club to to deliver on targets and certain things, I think it's it's imperative at this stage of of, of our off-field development that we have something like that. So we've assembled a, an executive committee and um, who have all been working very hard behind the scenes to, to 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 come up with various different things and different aspects of the club, and um, uh, it's been amazing so far. And we gradually start to see now you know, that that become more prominent um, and, and the club is fully supportive. I'm I'm the club representative for the OSC. Um, so the, in the committee meetings, things get raised. They come through me from a club perspective. If, it, if I can't deal with it directly, obviously it goes to the superiors and whatnot, but um, it's worked very well so far. We're also going to be aligned with the official club supporters club as well. Um, so I'm attending next month the... Um, the first meeting of 2023 been invited to that as well a couple of the osc members and we will try and unify with them to really take the the support for the women's team forward and grow it as much as we possibly can in a unified way um and is ultimately putting the team first um and i think that's that's imperative and
4: worth worth for, for people here you know a lot of Town fans similar to your mate Conno, who are you know in far-flung locations. You know, the OSC is is about people who can get to games, but those who want to get offer their support from afar as well. So definitely recommend people get involved in that at itfcwsc on basically all of the social media. But I think ITFCWSC at gmail.com if you want to get in touch or contact me because I'm one of the, the executive committee as well, I'm proud to say. So do get involved. We want a lot of people at the ground, home and away. We want to help with away travel, all that kind of stuff. But similarly, if you want to offer your support for the team but can't get to games and want to know how you can get more involved, then do get in touch. And there's a great opportunity for people who can get to to games, albeit um, it's the men's game on, on Saturday. There might be a, a signing in the fan zone as well, Kieran.
0: Yeah, that's something I'm currently discussing with the club about having a, a presence where, with, with, with a few players and and the OSC uh, as, a, as a joint up um thing in the fan zone for for the peterborough game this weekend i mean nothing is confirmed at this stage um but we're hopeful of that going ahead um which would be really nice to see because the last time we had a signing session at portman road on the open day we were bombarded for an hour and a half um so yeah that was um that was fantastic so hopefully we can have the same again and it just gets the girls on the osc out there a little bit more and can sort of you know have more of a, a presence to people that don't necessarily know what we're about um but as you mentioned, Rich, you know, some great stuff going on with with flag design, with away match travel, with merchandise, with, you know, just trying to increase the, the, the numbers coming through the gate and the atmosphere at the AGL Arena. All kinds of things like this are going on behind the scenes with the OSC uh, and that I'm working on from a club perspective. So it's only going to benefit the team going forward. And ultimately, we all want to see a successful Ipswich Town women's team at the AGL Arena playing in front of the biggest crowds at the level and, and the atmosphere to match and... Um, Just a a really good, a real good feel-good factor around everything.
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Next game, next opportunity for people to feel the AGL, as we said, is Portishead. Um, Just give us the details of where we can get um, tickets. And it's a one o'clock kickoff as well, isn't it? A little bit earlier.
0: Yeah. So Sunday, the 11th of December, the day after the men's game against Peterborough, uh, Ipswich Town versus Portishead Town um, in, in the third round of the Vitality Women's FA Cup. Um it'll be a one o'clock kickoff, as Rich has mentioned, at the AGL Arena in Felix Um and the tickets are available via tickets.itfc.co.uk. Fantastic. Um, you can get them in advance. You can also get them on the day as well. Um so it's just it's your choice, whatever you want to do, whether you want to secure them in advance or get them on the day, it's totally your choice. And uh hopefully we can uh, put on a show for everyone. The final home game of twenty twenty two as well. Um so hopefully we can put on a show and send everyone home happy for Christmas before the run of away games starts in 2023. Yeah, a lot
4: of away days. And if you're interested in that away travel, do let us know as well. Kieran, fantastic as always to to chat and and to see the positivity around the women's team right now. Wish them all the very best for Sunday from us. And we'll no doubt speak soon. Cheers, Rich. There we go. Thank you, Kieran. Um, Yeah, the Cup's been good to ITFC, isn't it, Seb? So we'll be hoping for another, another Cup running, and hopefully... WSL opposition, maybe even on, on, on the telly, who knows?
3: Again, yeah, obviously it was West Ham last year, was it Man City three years ago, was that? Like, you lose track don't Four you, when you get to telly. our age you lose track I can't remember when that one was, yeah. but obviously we, we all three watched, uh, many of us watched West Ham last year, so yeah, like you say, it's been a, uh, a great competition, it's a chance hopefully if it's on you know, something like iPlayer, it's something for the likes of me who doesn't live in the area to get to watch the ladies so yeah, fingers crossed, over they uh, get a good result and progress further.
4: Fingers crossed yeah, well, let's do it, look, Peter Barra, Peter um, Barra that's, that's the proper pronunciation, the East Anglian pronunciation there, Seb. Remind us, I always say remind us, tell us where people are in the league, how the season's going so far.
3: So they're currently sitting sixth in the league with 31 points. Played 20 games, won ten, only drawn one, lost nine, which is a lot only of games to lose one. for. A, only drawn one, wow. lost nine, which is a lot of games to lose for a you know a pre-season promotion favourite by the by the start of December. Scored 35 goals, conceded 25. Last five games, they are not in a good run of form at the moment. They've uh, they've lost their last three on the bounce. Two wins and three losses in the last five. But if you include the cup competitions, the Pizza Cup and the FA Cup, it's five losses in six games. The the league losses were to Barnsley last weekend, to Bristol Rovers and to Exeter. So I think it's fair to say it's not a very happy camp at the moment.
4: Mm, Yeah, and the, the not happy camp is also because their form away from home is pretty dire,
3: isn't it? shocking yeah it's really bad isn't it they're 90th in the league for the away form with only nine points from 10 games so 0.9 point points per game they've won three on the road haven't drawn a game away from london road yet so far this season and they've lost seven they've scored 13 goals in those games and they conceded 19 and they've kept no clean sheets away from home in the league so far this season now if this was a few years ago on this show right now you either one of you or me would say and then along came it <laughs> But I'm not going to say that tonight because I'm, it's, a, it's a new area and things feel very different, so I'm, I'm confident. But yeah, the away form is what's killing them. They're, they're fine at London Road. I think they're only second to Sheffield Wednesday in terms of points per games at at home, which is what's keeping them, let's be honest, in that in that playoff space, although if sides around them win their games in hand, they could potentially drop out of the top six. But their away form is, is, is absolutely woeful. And uh, yeah, their owner and manager haven't been shy in coming forward and saying a few things this week.
4: Yeah, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, and we're we'll trying to analyse why that might be as well. It's very spiky form. Um, I, I was looking into the fixtures. And as you say, the, the we refer to SofaScore and who scored. And they generally show a graphic for a win and a defeat is green and red respectively. And you just see reds and greens, as you say, only one draw is crazy when you think about it, but six defeats in a row in, in August and September, then were followed by five games unbeaten, including four wins in September, October, then a little bit of, you know, a little bit of patchy form between, but before this current run, which is essentially seven games with only one win in it and yep. four losses on the bounce in all competitions. It's really, yeah, really. I'm. I'm surprised they're still in the top six, but that home form, yeah. as you say, is probably the key. And there's a two-nil win in there against Sheffield Wednesday early in the season, but Sheffield Wednesday played with ten men for a, uh, two, quor- two, two quarters. Two quarters. That's just a half in it.
3: Um, NFL. NFL two thirds.
4: Two thirds of the game, they were down to ten men, and it was nil-nil when the when Sheffield Wednesday lost to um, Reese James, I think it was. Reese James, I think it is. Um, so they've not got great form against the, the rest of the top six, but. Yeah, we would have expected them to be a favourite for promotion. I guess they're still in the hunt, aren't they? Yeah, they're um, still there. Relegation, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, in the in the pre-season 1-24 to 24 that we did with, with Gab Sutton, I had the Dams winning the league. I thought they Sorry. would win the win the league personally. I thought they'd come down. They kept most of the group together. Like you say, relegation last season. They finished 22nd in the championship, 37 points um, after only one season back at that level. They kind of, the 37 point, and this is a bit misleading. They rallied in their last five games. I think they won three of the last five games to pull themselves back above above Derby. It was kind of a, a better second half to the season after an awful kind of first Almost two thirds to the first half of the year before they moved on uh, to Grant McCann and, and, and got rid of Darren Ferguson. But I thought coming back down, you look at the kind of players they've got in the squad, the players they've retained. They only lost Sammy Smodic in the summer, and I kind of thought, oh, they're going to be good to go. You know, they they they're schooled at this level. They know the league. They've got a lot of experience. Uh, the chairman's normally pretty good at picking out you know lower league kind of gems and jewels and and kind of you know rough diamonds to to, to polish. And I thought they they'd, they'd be fine this year. But for whatever reason, they just haven't really got going yet like you said they have, they have these weird spikes and these weird runs but they can't put any kind of consistent runs of form together which is well as we know last year when you're I mean, when you've lost nine games before before christmas you're, you're in you're in real trouble chasing that top pack aren't you
4: yeah as i say it's just impressive they're still in the hunt isn't it so mm. uh, whilst you you talked about a new era which i thought was the paul hurst era by the way we, we, we're kind of a lot of track We game track, changer so, don't we but yeah okay game lowercase changing. lowercase a lowercase n <laughs> lowercase e a new era Our record against them is lousy, isn't it? Um, Three wins, four draws, nine losses overall in our history. Not that we play them particularly frequently, but only one league win in... um Portman Road and, and I've got the shirt from that season behind me but and then I remembered that was the season where they boshed a 7-1 on the telly as well so
3: I've got really no sh- recollection of the the, 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 the Portman Road game that year I, no, remember, the, I. The, I remember the 7-1 where yeah 1-0 like whatever it was and yeah they, they just it kept on getting worse and worse and it got even worse because we went out and signed Paul Taylor from them didn't we off the oh, uh of off George the back Boyd, of that, but, yeah but honestly, I, what I don't we remember we wanted the- I don't remember the three-two game at all, but but since we've come back down, yeah, we I remember mean, we're getting a, we're getting a draw. Chambers scored a very late uh, equaliser very early James, on in the first there. year down. Were well, we, you there? Were you from an yeah, interesting corner? Great. That was um yeah, top of the league. This is fun. This is this is quite no, straightforward. But- penalty. Yeah, but since then it's it's been a bit of a disaster. We had the well, the disastrous four-one defeat in February twenty twenty.
4: Shocker! That was I one of the there.
3: worst performances. I went performances, to Knowsley Safari Park that day because <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I drove around. Uh, it's a bit like an owl sanctuary, isn't it? I drove around. I had monkeys sitting <laughs> on the back of my uh, on the back of my car trying to rip off wipers and and, and wing mirrors and stuff because I had a horrible feeling that day. Something was going to go very bad because do you remember that was the the awful run of form just before COVID cancelled everything and we were so so bad at that time. Four-one. Yeah, 4-1 defeat. I think Nor- 4-0 down and Norwood scores a penalty. Ivan Tony, Sammy Smodic gets a couple and, and, and Dembele gets a goal. And then the following season, the behind closed door season, it's a one-nil defeat at Portman Road in January 2021. Mark McGuinness' own goal after Clark Harris missed a penalty in the Sky first did, half. Didn't he? Yeah, in the first half. And then the uh, the return game in February. So that must was that under Lambert or was that Cook? Yeah. Lambert was it was it?
4: under Lambert. It was one of the last few games under Lambert. Yeah. And it was so, one where Peterborough's pitch was absolutely sh- Absolutely shocking for anyone who yeah, watched.
3: So we actually go we, we went one up in that game, didn't we? We were, yeah. we were winning one, l- l- ahead one nil. Norwood put us ahead and then yeah, two goals, Clark Harris and Ward either side of half time. And yeah, it was like I said, towards the end of that horrible, horrible time under Lambert where he was blaming everybody and saying he wasn't going to defend the owner anymore. And yeah, it all got all got very, very horrible, didn't it? But the overall record, like you say, is shocking. And I guess that'll give them hope because despite their away away form being so, so poor, Portman Road tends to be a pretty happy hunting ground for them.
4: It does, but let's bring us let's, let's uh, light and shade. We always, you know, um, try to have a balanced view. So we've been negative, <laughs> positively. They are not in good form, as we said, and last time out a home defeat, admittedly against a fellow promotion chaser in Barnsley. But um, you've kind of remarked on the, the nature of the goals they're conceding, and maybe this shed some light as to why they're I mean this was a was this a home defeat as well
3: yeah 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 it was at London Road so that yeah the, the the superb home form has kind of taken a bit of a knocking with this one so it's a 2-1 defeat at home to Barnsley last weekend Jack Taylor got the equaliser lovely kind of header working in late into the into the box after Luca Cornell opener for Barnsley Adam Phillips wins it in the second half on 61 minutes both Barnsley goals came from range there was some criticism of effort and closing down and, and pressing by, by the chairman in his podcast this week saying we should have got out to those balls quicker and and prevented the shots from from getting off and they were both kind of from either second phase or, or direct set pieces the first opener was a uh, was from a, a throw-in and the second was from like a well worked free kick so they are susceptible to those kind of those kind of situations they had more possession on the day 58 percent possession more shots six uh i, need, to I feel like five. i need to do my yeah, alan partridge, partridge shrug shrug he's, meme yeah just revamp
4: current put- affairs Put it
3: on, put it on the screen at this point. Um, yeah, more more shots, but but less shots on target. Only one shot on target to Barnsley's three, and then they have this kind of absolute. I think the podcast that Darren McAnthony does, the Hard Truth, was recorded on the Saturday night after the game, or maybe the Sunday. So I guess you probably still, no, sorry, it was Saturday because he discussed the England game and said it was about to kick off. So I guess at that point you're still caught up in it a bit, aren't you? You know, we, we always say that maybe it's best just to let your head cool before you go out and give any kind of, you know, reaction and quotes and stuff. But he came out and said they, they were out for, they were out coached, They were out pressed um he said people've got to get a grip you know he cited all the expensive investments they've made since coming down last season and they've got you know one of the biggest staff they've ever had there and they're spending 5000 quid per away trip because they take so many support staff and take Day beds, whatever they are, and and, and and other beds with them, and he's basically yeah said you know maybe I'm maybe they're too spoilt and I'm going to start to take away some of the some of the treats. And interestingly, in the pre-match presser today, Grant McCann's come out and he's revealed they've been in double training sessions all week. So I guess you know he's probably starting to feel the the pressure a little bit. And there's a lot of pressure for them to turn it around this weekend. There might be injuries.
4: Yeah, I I can I kind of understand Darren McAnthony. Uh, you know, he's got a podcast and he's well known for being quite transparent and open. Um, but maybe reacting so soon after the game isn't isn't the best situation there. And and uh, been quite a lot of stuff that he's been talking about this week because a lot of folk we're expecting, were expecting him to sell up in the summer. But I think he's done a U-turn on that, hasn't he, and said that he's going to stick around. And but there is kind of lots of weird off-field stuff there that we don't really know what's going on. So if you're a Peterborough fan, I guess you're kind of looking at the league table and trying to take some sides from that. But it's still a little bit chaotic off the field, isn't it? Despite the fact that McAnthony's been quite consistent, as you said.
3: It does sound it. yeah, I mean, I always kind of thought they were one of the lower league kind of models to follow because McAnthony has this this really great you know, knack of finding these lower league gems. We'll discuss Jack Taylor. but If you look at the likes of even Tony, et cetera, you know, Johnson Clark Harris, he, he kind of gets these players and... Some and- longer. Yes, of course, yeah. Sorry. He kind of, you know, develops them a little bit, sells them for big money and then reinvests again. And I always thought their their business model was, was was quite sound, but he's come out on the podcast this week. There's been lots of rumors apparently in their forums amongst their fans about administration and the clubs in trouble and stuff. And he's come out and denied all those rumors flatly. And a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, he did say on the on his podcast that he was gonna to look to step aside next summer. Apparently there's three there's an ownership group of three people who's gonna to look to either sell up or, or or seek exterior investment and move on, but it appears on the on the show this week for whatever reason he's decided against that i guess uh, apparently two of the other ownership group don't don't talk is what he implies or is what he said on the podcast so maybe it's not the time for him to look to be you know selling up and stuff and you know how do you feel about having a chairman out there because i enjoyed the podcast i've listened to it for a few years now i do enjoy it and i do like the the transparency and the kind of peek behind the curtain that he gives, especially when he talks about transfer dealings and all that kind of stuff. But what's your opinion about having, you know, the, the figurehead of the club, the the main figure out there saying, you know, some of the things he's been saying this week. How does it sit with you?
4: I, I don't like it. I don't mm. like it. I, it. From a spectrum of um, Marcus Evans, which is saying nothing, to... I can't think of another example off the top of my head right now. So Darren McAnthony mm-hmm. on the other side of the spectrum, which is probably oversharing maybe a little bit. Yeah. I, I I think Marcus Evans is it was was too far the other way, but I kind of feel like owners only really, only really need to be heard, but from when something significant is happening, either good or bad, you kind of want to know that there's someone with a steady hand on the ship as it were. And the rest of the time, the owner should have people in place day to day, whether that, be a mark ashton type or even the manager who should be fronting up for the club yeah that's my preference for it i know that in these days it's probably not like that but i just sometimes i think it creates difficult situations and 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 sometimes you worry whether an owner is kind of overstepping their boundary really but at the end of the day they are the person paying the bills aren't they so they i guess they have a right to to say whatever they want but I just kind of feel like it creates a little bit of dysfunction, which then creates a bit of a circus and a distraction sometimes that doesn't benefit the team. And at the end of the day, the club should be exist and all of the people should be working towards results on the pitch. And yeah, you wonder whether sometimes coming out and being overly critical is conducive to getting results. Maybe it's going to motivate them to get a result on Saturday. Who knows? Maybe, but yeah, not my preference. What would say you?
3: No, I think I think we're in the same place. I mean, he did come out and he said, you know, I think he recorded it on Saturday. He, it wasn't released till Wednesday, and he did say, "I'm in the UK, so I will be saying all this to the players before this goes out." So I guess the idea being that it comes as no surprise to the players because they've heard it in the build up to the podcast being released. But like you, I very much think that you don't want to, you know, somebody like an Evans where you never hear a thing. And Christ, we didn't even know what he looked like for the first five years, did we? <laughs> so you don't want that kind of situation. But you know, if if that was if that was us and that's Brett Johnson saying those kind of things, I I think I'd be cringing a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, and our
4: owners have got it right, haven't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They turn up to the games, they maybe speak to the club media, but you don't really hear a huge amount in between. And I think there were people who were worried a little bit that they'd gone quiet, but they're the owners. They're not the ones picking the team. They're not the ones who are trying to do recruitment and all that kind of stuff. They're the ones who are making sure that performance-wise we're hitting our targets and that budgets are set appropriately and so on. So, yeah, it's great that our owners have been um, present, but I don't feel like we need to hear from them. And, and I hope they feel like they don't need to speak to us unnecessarily either. So I think we've, I think the balance is, is right at the moment for yeah, us. Yes,
1: I but, agree. Totally agree. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns, but a deep voice doesn't sell B2B and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads, Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. at participating restaurant's 18 plus serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US australia or amsterdam for the price of an itfc match program each month you can subscribe to nordvpn and have access to these great services to get the best discount off your nordvpn plan head to nordvpn.com slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast description there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process talking about the manager then and, and his role i mean it's his third spell, admitting there's a caretaker, um, a couple of games, as a caretaker manager in there. Is is he maybe in the, if you're Darren McAnthony, the very easy thing to do to change results is to address the managerial situation, isn't he? Are they loyal to Grant McCann or might he be in trouble if there's a defeat on the weekend?
3: Well, like you say, he's back for his third spell, Caretaker Spell. He then kind of takes over permanently in April 2016 until February 2018 in League One. Uh, Manages for 104 games, wins 41, draw 27, lost 36, which is a 39.4% win ratio. Uh, Was sacked after that initial kind of run for no wins in seven games. He goes to Doncaster, loses in the playoff, Goes to Hull, wins the league, uh, is sacked by Hull up in the Championship somewhat harshly, maybe because they weren't really in trouble, but the, but the club was sold. Um, so I guess from from their point of view, is he in trouble? Because you've got if you if you want to appoint somebody to get you out of this league, you probably go for somebody who's got experience with the playoffs, who kind of knows the club, who's won the league before. Mm-hmm. You know, he ticks a lot of boxes from that point of view. And the kind of the, the the podcast was almost suggesting as well, there's been an awful lot of investment in his backroom staff as well. Right. So I guess maybe Are they committed but, them. Yeah, I, I think it sounds that way. You know, he's saying we've we've never spent as much on, you know, analysis and all that kind of stuff as as we have at the moment. So I think maybe given the fact that he is fully backed in every area off the pitch might affect that decision as well. But you but you never know. You know, he the,
4: Sorry, I was gonna say he's only been in the job since February as well, which
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean,
4: stands in his favour too.
3: Yeah and I mean he gets a free hit in reality last year doesn't he when Darren Ferguson left they were a complete mess so I guess he gets a bit of a free hit for the last half of last season they did rally a bit towards the end they finished on 37 points which is respectable uh, it doesn't look great given Derby's point deductions but you know they do finish up slightly above Derby but I guess they would have had designs on, on going straight back up you know on the, yeah, on the podcast that was he, yeah on the podcast he did come out he said you know I can accept losing games in the championship it's not our level but we shouldn't be losing games the way we are in league one and I guess that rings that rings very true so yeah I, pre- I presume he'll open. Not the roller decks, and uh, yeah, Steve Evans is in a job, so he'll go back to Darren <laughs> Ferguson again for a uh, for the next. Yeah, well, he's
4: at the top of his division, though, isn't he, Steve Evans? He is, you yeah, never he know. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah, in his in his locker, isn't he? Um, the other question mark I have over Grant McCann, uh, great Grant McCann, Grant McCann.
3: Grant McCann.
4: Grant- yeah, that's what that's how we say it down south. Uh, Grant McCann <laughs> is, and this is based on your research solely. So this is your fault if this is incorrect. Thanks, mate. But he's not consistent on his formations, is he?
3: No, it doesn't look like it. I mean, yeah, caveat, I use com for for most of this research. It's very good, but please don't shout at me if some of the formations on there are slightly inaccurate. It kind of strikes me as when you look at the formations they've used and the kind of the the, the variations, it kind of does strike me as a a club that's in an awful run of form and no consistency because he's kind of chopping and changing, uh, I guess, to try and find some sort of settled solution. So they've used a 3-5-2 seven times. A four, two, three, one six times, a four-three, three six times, including the last game out against Barnsley, and a three, four, one, two once. And of those last five games, we said they've lost the last three on the bounce and won two in the last five games, they've used four, two, three, one three times, a three, five, two once, and a four, three, three. So there's not really any kind of, you know, consistent. Delivery of, of, of what the performance uh, of what the formation is going to be. I'm kind of guessing it might be a four-three-three based on the fact they did that last week against Barnsley, but you never know. They could completely rip it up and, uh, and start again. So those kind of, I guess, when managers are, are trying to search and clutch at formation changes, you know, game in, game out, it strikes me as somebody who's not fully settled and is trying to just hope something clicks. We've seen it in the past. Some of our managers, haven't we? You know, you're trying to hope something clicks and lead to a decent run of form, and as soon as it goes wrong, you you throw it all up in the air and you start again with a different formation.
4: Yeah. uh, And it feels like getting the best players on the pitch is probably his strategy because, you know, looking at the key players, it's all about that front three, isn't it? Particularly Clark Harris is the focal point, but even out wide, they've got talent, haven't they?
3: very much so yeah Johnson Clark Harris is the main man isn't he you know 12 goals so far this season 2 assists from 19 starts he's the captain he's absolutely the main guy he scored 31 goals at this level when they went up in 2020 2021 so really really used to this level you know he's a focal point he's a target man he's strong he's powerful he's direct he's what you want to kind of you know get you the goals to get you out of this division he averages 3 shots per game 1.3 on target but interestingly although he's scored 12 goals he's missed 11 big chances this season so he could be doing even better than he is you know so i don't know what that kind of tells you from a stats point of view but but he's the main man and the main goal threat. and then what they look to do they have these wider players either in the four-two-three-one or the four-three-three, and they have these kind of young pacey attacking wide players and i assume the game plan is to get them involved and use johnson clark's harris know-how and strength and physicality to hold the ball up and bring these other kind of faster players into into play you've got poku kohen Poco, uh poku uh, who plays in the kind of the right wing right Can forward I have another role. Go that one What was it? Kawame.
4: Kwame Poku.
3: Kwame Poku. That's the one. Uh, Right forward or, or right winger. He's got three goals, three assists in 10 games so far this season. He's quick he got an assist against Barnsley he'll be in that kind of right-hand channel I would think um, up against Leif Davis Ricky J Jones is more of a sub option so far this season again young 20 years old he kind of prefers to play on the left hand side pacey again nice and quick two goals one assist in 15 appearances but eight of those were starts uh, Efron Mason Clark is a bit of one of these we, d- we discussed you know how uh, McAnthony finds these kind of gems he's joined from Barnett I think it was in the uh, in the summer and he's kind of you know taken to the to the club really quickly I was watching a, uh, a feature with one of the, the Peterborough fan podcasts before this. And he was saying they kind of expected him to push on in the second half of the season, but he's done really well in that kind of left-hand channel. So I assume he will start there in that kind of left-inside forward role on, on Saturday. He's got two goals, three assists from 13 appearances, but only six of those were starts. And then you've got good old Jack Marriott, who's kind of very good much old. the backup. Backer, He must be old now. It feels like ages ago, we released him. And obviously, he went to... Luton and Peterborough, you know, Peterborough first time round and Derby, and now he's back there. Uh, he's got, um, he's got four goals uh, and two assists so far this season in eight starts. So he's kind of the, the backup to, to Clark Harris. They don't really seem to play a two very often at all. He's very much the understudy uh, who's likely to be on the bench. When did we let him go? Was it in the Mick era? I think it was, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it was. He was twenty eight. He's twenty eight now. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, we let him go, and I do. Have I think it, it was before
3: the playoff season. So I think it's the. 2013-14 yeah,
4: season. Four, well, 13-14 season, he made one sub appearance. So I suspect it was a wasn't that a
3: Burnley on the last day of the season? I think I was. I thought was
4: it? Yeah, I really liked him. He's one of uh, yeah. Kind of there was kind of there was a feeling it was a similar situation to Rhodes, as in scores yeah. goals for fun in the reserves, and then. um to let go too soon, and and I think we that was a decision we regret.
3: He went to uh, Luton, didn't he, in non league and absolutely yeah. ripped it up. And then he got, yeah, straight from Luton to Peterborough. I think. And, I think he was an army, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think Darby paid quite big money for him as well, if I remember rightly.
4: I mean, I really like Poku. He's got he came yes. from Cole um, yep. really nice assist uh, against uh, Barnsley. Pacey he kind of broke the offside trap, and Barnsley were quite high at the pitch, but Poku's got pace, got in behind cut in as well and crossed in really nicely for the header. So um yeah he's a threat from out wide as you mentioned goals and assists there. So yeah, there's a, a, there's a lot of attacking the talent, talent there, there isn't there? and you can talent, yeah. you, maybe you know there's there's some individual quality further back in the pitch but as a collective unit the defense for me is a little bit chaotic. The goals against Exeter in particular suggest there's a bit of dysfunction there and maybe the the level of talent isn't consistent in the defence as it is up front because Peterborough have always had attacking quality but yeah. right now there's probably only a couple of players that you would single out as being effective in their defence um, do you want to go through the the well go, take us further back in the team the midfield in the defence so.
3: Yeah, the midfield, so Jack Taylor is the one whose most people will you know, will recognise the name. Obviously, we were linked. I don't know how serious it was with him. Was it this summer or was it the mm. first summer of the game-changer year? Or was it this summer was it? Yeah, this summer we were linked with him. So they signed him from Barnett in January 2020, the year they, um, you know, just the um before the COVID curtailed season. And, and yeah, he's kind of the pop-up all over the pitch and will look to make things tick and a lot of good things kind of go through him. He'll look to pick the ball up uh, from his defenders on the edge of his box and then he'll be straight away, straight down the pitch, driving forward, trying to link up with the the wide players and the and the, and the Striker, three goals, one assist so far, averages 57.8 touches per game with 78% passing accuracy. So he will be involved a lot. The safety blanket, the safety screen is a guy called Jendo Fuchs. Uh, he's the defensive midfielder who will sit there and kind of allow those attacking players to really push forward and, and get involved. Averages 2.3 tackles per game and 1.5 interceptions per game. So expect to see him come together with Morsey at some point. I would <laughs> think if there's a if there's a 50-50 in the middle of the park and him and Morsi are tearing on it, I don't think either player will be giving any kind of quarter.
4: And then there's a big, na- I guess, big name, maybe not well-known, but has attracted
3: big bids, isn't he? Highly rated. Ronnie yeah, Edwards. very... Ronnie Edwards, very highly rated player. Yeah, they turned. Down, he's a centre back, ball playing centre back. They turned down big bids in the summer. Apparently, the local Peterborough press reported that Chelsea bid six million plus add-ons. Palace were four million plus add-ons. Uh, McAnthony came out in the summer and said the bids were derisory and that he wanted more money. And he wanted to include a loan back as well as part of the deal, so they would keep him for this season, which makes perfect sense. You know, keep keep him and develop him. Uh, but he but he, he stayed on. Whether or not he'll move on in in January, I don't know. I presume if they don't go up this season, then he'll definitely for sure be moving on next. Summer because he's very, very highly rated. Joe Ward is a player. I, Joe Ward, sorry, is a player I really like as well at right back or right wing back. Uh, a lot of their attacks come down that right hand side. Thirty-nine percent of their attacks away from home will come down his right hand side. He's got two goals and five assists in sixteen appearances. He's been out injured for a couple of months, but he's he's, he's back now. He's created eight big chances so far this season with uh, with two point one key passes per ninety minutes. So watch out for him on that kind of right back, right wing back role. He's a big, big threat moving forward.
4: Yeah, and and I think Gab told us about their young keeper on loan. Maybe I'm trying to remember in the they, in yeah they got Prince two, haven't they?
3: Yeah, yeah, they went out and got two. They obviously they had Di Cornell they signed from us and I don't know where he ended up but I think they released him or, or he moved on and they had uh, Pim didn't they? they had a falling out I think with Darren Ferguson That's the goalkeeper sick. and they, he's out on loan somewhere so they went out and got Lucas Bergstrom who's only 20 uh, on loan from Chelsea and they got a guy from Hull as well as the reserve keeper so they've got these two really young kind of loan keepers in uh, McAnthony spoke and said when he, when he did the deal for, for Bergstrom the Chelsea guy who's kind of their established number one he did say he was almost viewing it as a two season kind of loan the idea being that they would get promoted and they could look to so you know, having him again next year in the championship. So I guess we'll wait and see what happens on that one. But um, but yeah, strangely they got rid of a lot of experience at the back and went out and got two low knees who are who are very young and very inexperienced. So maybe that's kind of you know uh, causing their, their their defensive issues they're having.
4: Yeah, it does look chaotic at the back, and we'll, we'll drill into some stats now that kind of try to tell the story as to their season. Because in terms of the style of play, I mean, it is a fifty odd percent possession. So there's nothing. They're not a possession possession heavy team but they're not direct by any means either as you mentioned a lot of wide play and certainly down that right hand side through ward and poku but it's a young team seb isn't it you found this stat on average age
3: yeah, it is. It's the third youngest side in the league. So the the third youngest average age of the players they've used in 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 the league game so far this year, at twenty three point nine years old. So they are young. Like we said, with the, those three names we just listed there—Poku, uh, Mason Clark, and Ricky J. Jones—they're all kind of 20, 21 years old. So they have a lot of youth about them. And obviously, Roddy Edwards at the back—I think is either nineteen or, or or twenty. So they have a lot of a lot of youth throughout the team, which which kind of buys in with McAnthony's business model. You know, buy them youngish, develop them, sell them for big money, and reinvesting.
4: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So this, this split of uh, this team that's night and day in terms of home and away. So fourth for highest goals scored overall, which is made up of being second for home goals scored and seventh for away with only 13. But their away XG is the fifth highest in the league. So they're massively underperforming against their XG. And um, they should be scoring more goals, which seems a bit strange. And I guess probably does the tells the story there. So yeah. And, and Johnson Clark Harris missing those key chances, as you mentioned, so it was the 11th yeah. there as well. Yeah. Um, and then 14th highest for goals against. So as in they are the 10th worst goal um, for goals against, but they are really excellent at keeping the goals out at home first, in fact. So the best goals record, um, for against at home, Twin, joint 22nd for worst, for away. So 19 of their 23 goals conceded have been away from home and their XGA, so their expected goals against is 1.6. So they are definitely conceding the goals you'd expect them to concede um, at the moment. In fact, they're probably conceding a few more actually than they should be as well. So really dysfunctional in respect of converting chances away, but also keeping the goals out You know, they have plenty of shots, third highest for shots per game. But that also is split between home and away. They're 11th away. It's really weird how... I, d- I don't know what you put that down to, Seb, is it?
3: It's like tactics? us under Jim in do you remember the, under gym in the 7 08 season where we were amazing at Portman Road and we simply couldn't win a game away. I don't think we won till kind of February time. We went to Sheffield Wednesday and, 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 and won there. It's, it's really strange, isn't it? You know, they're, they're, they're so they're high, at the they're top of most lists for their performances at London Road, which is what's keeping them in the playoff position. But when they go away, it all seems to fall apart. Is that a psychological thing? Is it a mm. complacency thing? Is it a fitness thing? I've got no idea. It's very, very strange
4: yeah it feels like a little bit of all of those doesn't it i mean other other stats to to pick out here i think this is one that you spotted four goals conceded from set pieces away that's kind of really pertinent for us and leaf davis and luke wolfman who appear to be combining from those get to that back post Um, luke (laughs) yeah so 25 percent of their goals against um are away are from set pieces and they are 17th in respect of I don't know what that means. Conceded goals from set pieces, yeah. So not not great at that. And as you mentioned, no clean sheets on the road either.
3: Yeah, I only kept five at London Road as well, which is the joint fifth worst. So, you know, although they're winning a lot at London Road, they are conceding as well. So it's not a side built on they always say don't the defenses win new titles. It's very much not a side built on that at all. It's it's very much no, about attack, the attacking attack, players. Attack. Yeah, attack, 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 and I guess maybe to their well, as we see to their to their cost quite a lot. One of the criticisms mm. I, I want on the on the forums and some of the fans were saying in this four three three formation, they tend to feel that Johnson Clark Harris is very, very isolated at times. Oh, the, 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 yeah, the two younger players out on the wings aren't simply getting forward enough in terms of support and their wing backs are getting pushed back when they're away from home, which leaves Clark Harris very, very isolated. So hopefully if we could do that to them on, uh, we'll come on to our team, but if we could do that to them on Saturday, we'll get a bit of joy, hopefully.
4: Yeah, the goals against Barnsley, they did seem to be really deep and actually the second goal, the second Barnsley goal, as you mentioned, was from a, a well-worked set piece. It was, a, was it a corner? It might have been a corner or a free kick right down in the, the corner position and the, and the guy just, Pinged it to the edge of the box, and all of Peterborough's eleven men were behind the ball. So this guy had, a, you know, the freedom of Peterborough Stadium. I've forgotten what it's called. The Western Homes, is it? Oh,
3: I was it thought it was London Road. Okay, right.
4: it's London Road, but I think it might be. It was Western when I was there. I think when okay. I went for the tour, and he just pinged a shot in through the crowd, yeah. keeper under the keeper, I think. But and certainly the the first goal as well, I think, for Barnsley, they were all dropped deep, and the guy had time to get his cross in for the goal, and. Uh, yeah, maybe there's a there's a risk aversion at the moment, which is causing them to drop off, which means, yeah, Clark Harris gets isolated and yep. those wide players don't know whether to stick or twist. And yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, that one. But maybe the double training sessions will have worked in their favour. Let's talk hopefully about us then.
3: Hopefully they're Paul Cook double training sessions where they can't do it <laughs> yeah. after day one.
4: Oh, oh, I'm gassed. I'm gassed. I can't do it. Yeah, let's talk about us. I mean, some really positive news about um, injuries in, ahead of the game, Seb.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Aluko's back. Uh, McKenna's suggesting he'll certainly play some part in the game. I guess he'll be on the bench and maybe look to come on. So that's a huge boost because I think we've we've really really missed him. And he said Evans is is, is back training. Is he on the grass? But gone on on, the there, there it is on, on, on the, the grass, grass, but not on the grass with the first team. I think so. Hopefully he's closing in maybe in the next month or so after Christmas he'll be back and finally we've got some positivity on the injury front. Still on the news on Kamara. It's a groin issue, isn't it? So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's another operation looming and we don't see him for this season. But Aluko's back on the bench, his experience, his now, his Close control, ball control, awareness, experience will be so useful coming on if the game is tight with, you know, 10 minutes to go or so. Um, and then Evans coming back will be a huge boost as well because Humphreys has done absolutely brilliantly, but I do feel he might need a little bit of a rest coming up soon. You know, it's a long slog him to play all these games. He's been fantastic. He's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, but it'll be great to have Evans back as an option to, uh, to, to do a bit of rotation as well.
4: And the other debate is Jackson or Edwards.
3: I think he'll start secular. Jackson to keep Ward push back. I think he'll put Jackson on that left hand side and use his pace to hopefully pin Ward back. Ward is such a big player for them in terms of the getting forward, eight big chances, five assists. You know, I think he'll play Jackson there, look to keep him on his toes, and then if Ward does push on and we can break quickly, then you've got you know Jackson's pacing behind could be really really crucial. And Edwards, you know, I, I said last week he deserved to start. He kind of like many of them started pretty well in the first kind of 15, 20 minutes and then started to fade. So. You know, I, I, I'm not sort of writing him off. By any, I'd, I'd be delighted if he starts. I really like him as a player. You know, he's got. gonna he go either way. He's got you know tricks on him. He's, he's he's a very good offensive player. But I just think that extra bit of pace might be crucial against Joe Ward.
4: Yeah, it'd be an interesting one to see. I, I'm not sure Edwards really, yeah, came alive as much as we were hoping for in that Fleetwood game, and um, but Jackson didn't really impress either. Um, so it's a challenging one, difficult choice there to make. Um, I guess there's a question mark about. Burgess and Edmondson perhaps Um, although Burgess is kind of making that position his own he was a little bit iffy I think against Fleetwood a few moments that um, were a bit uncomfortable but you like the left footer in the left centre back position don't you like me
3: I do and also given Clark Harris' is physical, strong yeah. hold-up play, I'd want Burgess there. And if Joe Ward does have a decent game and he's putting lots of crosses in, again, I'd want Burgess there to you know, defend that kind of near post on the left and just, yeah, look to mop up. So I'd have no issues with Wolfenden and, Edmonds, uh, sorry, Wolfenden and Burgess starting for the balance and the, the strength that he will offer up against Clark Harris.
4: Okay, we'll do some predictions in a sec. Let's just do some bit of pod business. As always, we're brought to you by um, the Greyhound in partnership with the Greyhound. Um Head down there from 10 o'clock on Saturday and get your breakfast bap.
3: I hope those your, heaters are working.
4: <laughs> or batch, yeah, yeah. Batch or cob or no, whatever roll. you call it. Roll, roll. yeah. Um, get your breakfast roll from the Greyhound um, ahead of the game um, and um, bump into, no doubt, some Blue Monday um, VIPs I was going to say no um, hang out with the Blue Monday team um, Telegram as always get involved in that um, always great chat on there the match day chat comes alive um, Friday evening so we'll be um, chatting about that as well as World Cup stuff obviously England in the evening we've got a World Cup group there Um, ITFC Women on the Sunday as well. So they'll be chatting there. So do get involved. It's a freebie for a couple of weeks and then it's a subscription. You look like you wanted to say something about Telegram. I
3: did, yeah. Just discussing on Telegram was an interesting point that I've not had a chance to reply to or talk to anyone about today. Somebody put in the World Cup group today saying, would you accept an Ipswich Town defeat on Saturday if it meant England beat France in the quarterfinals on Saturday night? And straight away, I was like, no, I'd never bet against Ipswich, blah, blah, blah. But then I thought for a little bit, oh, I don't know, maybe I might... Consider that one, maybe I am swept up in the World Cup kind of fever at the moment, but I don't. Know, it wasn't. It wasn't as clear cut and as obvious as I thought it would be. Straight away, I kind of thought, oh, no, never. And then I thought oh, maybe I don't know. What's your right. view on that? You're shaking your right. head in disgust. Well, give me you. your.
4: Give me the headset right away. You're out. <laughs> disloyal. Stack <laughs> okay. said Brown for being disloyal and joining in with humour okay. that excludes his employer. Um, I voted on that very quickly. I could. I would love England to do well at the World Cup but it's club over country every day of the week for me, I'm afraid. If that no, win, fair enough, yeah. That, that was my win, initial
3: reaction, but then yeah. it, on a bit of afterthought, maybe I was like, oh, maybe, I don't know.
4: Do you feel like you're in the wrong
3: now? I didn't vote, uh, to, to clarify, I didn't vote. Okay, so, fine. I, I, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't vote because I, I simply, my first reaction was, yeah, I'll, I'll always vote for Ibsen, which is an absolute no-brainer. And then I thought about it a little bit longer. I thought, well, maybe I'll accept a, a, a drop points just to see England go against France. But yeah, I think you are right, to be fair.
4: Always vote, kids. Um, democracy thrives on the youth voting. So don't be like Seb, utilize your vote. And do register for Telegram and then you can join the poll, which I'm assuming is still active anyway. Or do get involved in the chat and let us know. Uh, England or Ipswich on Saturday. Um, who are you backing? Um, it's very easy for me that one. Um, merch. I'm not sure we've got any other promos coming up, but you can still get stuff at full price. Um, I'll let folk know as and when we've got promos, which is probably the best time to buy. So, um, But it's always there, 24-7, if you want to get some um, a warm hoodie with a, a logo on it. And the flagship is back Sunday night, live. I know we've done a couple of pre-records um, of late this show and the previous flagship, but we are live on Sunday night in absence of World Cup games. And Ben's back in the host chair, along with... Dave and Joe so a good quality strong line up there on on Sunday. Uh, let's do some predictions, shall we Seb? <laughs> And yeah, I mean, we'll gloss over last week, really. There's not a huge amount to talk about. Whereas, the, I can't have I, have I even got the images to upload on the screen, I can't even find them. Well, you, there it of, it is. you run a form, well,
3: haven't
4: you? I've had a bit of a tricky patch, yeah. Yeah, two weeks lie.
3: ago, I beat you five to four, wasn't it? And what well, was the
4: score didn't, last week? Uh, you I and didn't know. you and Matt, was it you and Mark or Matt? I forget it's Mark.
3: I, I beat you, and Mark you.
4: beat me, but you didn't win the week,
3: no, but I beat you.
4: Yeah, you beat me, but... You got four and and I got
3: five. Yeah, well, okay. Right. I I I still, I beat you and I was joint winner of the week. What did Joe beat you by last week?
4: Well, me and Joe were tied last week. So that means you and me are tied. But Mark got two correct results and three outcomes. So he's a clear winner with uh, a five point gap. um, And he's decided, Seb, to bow out on top. So we say thank you for Mark for all of his hard work. And the revolving door brings FPL Tractor... Into the hot seat, the virtual hot seat to predict against, you know, the the powers, the great powers of predictions that you and I have, um, both of us in a quality rain of form right now. Let's have a look at what we've got. We'll, um, we'll start elsewhere. Obviously, we're one of the first games to play on Saturday, so we'll come back to us highlighted in blue for everyone who's listening on podcast. Uh, let's focus on, on, well, let's focus on Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, and Plymouth. I think these are the teams that I'm worrying about. Let's start with. Derby, a nice, easy game for them away at Burton, we
3: think. Straightforward, isn't it? It should be, yeah. In reality, let's be honest, Burton, I know they've done better since Hasselbank left, but they've still not won in five, drawn the last three, and yeah, Derby, the more time... Warren gets with them uh monday to friday kind of training the better they're going to become so yeah i think we've all predicted you may have gone two nil for that one and fpl track has gone for a three nil win so that should be really straightforward
4: yeah not predicting derby to concede which is probably part of their strengths given they uh, kept a clean sheet against Sheffield wednesday as well talking of Sheffield wednesday let's go there next and a little bit of a split there you're you you're fancying exeter
3: well, I've gone for a draw, not not for Exeter. I've gone for a two-all draw. Yeah. So uh, you've both gone for Sheffield Wednesday wins, quite comfortable. You two-nil wins. you both put two-nil. You've yeah. Put... I
4: think...
3: Yeah. go on. You've put two-nil. FPL's put two-one. I've put a two-all draw. I'm hoping that Exeter might do us a little bit of a favour there. Based I on th- pretty much nothing. Just hope. I was going to say, it feels blind like blind hope on your part.
4: Yeah. We're talking of wishful thinking, um, and this will be a this will be a moment where FPL Tractor can either look very smug or or not. Uh, his prediction for Cambridge v Plymouth. Obviously, Cambridge, one of the the low-form teams in the division, really struggling right now. But a four-nil away win for Plymouth. I'm, I'm
3: yeah. I'd say that's, that's unlikely. Yeah, I mean, Cambridge are pretty poor. I think they've only won one out of the last five. but Plymouth have kind of, you know, the last three games, two draws and a and a defeat, so they're not in a great run of form either. But I think four-nil. I've gone for a Plymouth win as well. I've gone for a one-nil. You've gone for a two-one. But I think. Four goals might be, uh, might be a bit out there. Well, to be fair, I think last time we said this was when Ben predicted a four-nil Peterborough <laughs> win when he was filling in for you, and I goaded him on to throw you under the bus and do that, and it came off. So you never know in this bonkers league, do you? I
4: will see. And then, and then our game, I'm regretting not going for more goals. I've gone for a narrow home win by one 0 It's a clean sweep of home wins. You're predicting three goals, so Yeah, two-one.
3: Yeah, I've gone two one to us. Yeah. I mean, like I say, you know, they 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 do have goal scoring potential in their side. We're not as defensively solid as we have been uh at points earlier in the season, but I think we'll win. We need to start turning this home form around now. Um and I, I I think we will win, but I think it might be a little bit of a nervy one potentially.
4: Yeah, I can I get that sense as well. So I went for the one nil, but yeah, an FBL going for the two nil um
3: yeah, dominant performance. The first goal will there. be crucial, won't it? If we score. Yeah, but then when uh, first again, goal. I, was, say every, yeah, favorite, I say this every week, do I? Yeah. But if, if we them. score, I mean, you would think the run they're on, if we score early, surely their heads will, will drop. You know, this run they've been on away from home is so poor that, you know, they they, they surely, if we can get that first goal and look to take control and the of the match, goal. then. Well, the yeah, that would the third and the fourth. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, then hopefully their heads will drop given the the awful run they've been on away from home.
4: We shall see you next week. We'll be back to um, go through the scores and um, confirm how many points FPR Tractor won by. Um, so we'll be back next week that's your lot thank you if you've made it this far with us please do give us a thumbs up if you are watching on youtube and subscribe if you haven't already to get blue money content straight to your feed um, if you're listening on podcast please feel free to give us a five star review or a rating we always appreciate that and feel re- free to write a r- long old review as well we do enjoy those especially the ones that quote the office or partridge us and hopefully you've enjoyed some office and partridge tonight actually um And if you're traveling down to the game and listening and watching, and it's safe to do so, um, do tweet us, let us know. Send us a photo. We do enjoy hearing from you as you travel down to the game. And I'll say thank you for watching. And I'll, as always, say thank you to Seb and let you say goodbye.
3: Hope to see as many of you as we can in the Greyhound for bacon rolls, whatever it is at 10 o'clock, bacon rolls and coffee, as opposed to burgers and go ship. Cobbs,
4: Red, yeah, cobs yeah arms. Patches, I don't know what the yeah, Welsh is um. for
3: roll to be honest so I'll have to leave it at those those northern ones but yeah hopefully see as many as you can in the grey beforehand three points at Portman Road a win for England in the evening perfect Saturday come on you blues